Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Influential Women Podcast. I am so excited to be back. I know um, I've kind of been in a hiatus. I've had the pleasure of being a stay-at-home working mom, and I've been loving it, but need to get back to highlighting some amazing women. And this one was supposed to be here a long time ago, and then she moved and all the things, but Miss Monica Carruth is here today. Welcome, Monica. Thank you, Jenny. So excited. She has been a dear friend of mine forever, but just amazing woman, amazing story. And to get started, you know, she goes, uh, you know, we're going to need some, like, something sparkly. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, did you hear that? <laughs> so we're going to start off some sparkly. Join us if if you would like to have a glass. <laughs> And yeah, so Monica, welcome. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me, Jenny. Yeah, we uh, tried to attempt to do this a while back, maybe when you were first kicking off. And yeah, I had a lot happening at the time, getting married and moving and all those things. All the things. And uh, having life in Evergreen, Colorado and, you know, another uh, chapter and adventure to add to my story. So it's been great. Um, Yeah, a lot of... New and different things have happened over the last couple of years of my life. Yeah, you've had a lot of chapters in your life and recently a lot of new ones. But just let's start this chapter yes. by a little clink and just welcome, my friend. Thank so glad you, you're friend. here. I'm happy to be here. Oh. <coughs> I didn't do a very good pour, so it's kind of a lot of fun with the dump. Um, it's perfect. So Monica and I first met doing Leadership Pueblo, which is a a great little group to be part of. The Greater Chamber of Pueblo um, Commerce, the Chamber of Commerce puts it on. And um, we had to come up with a thing to, or a project to help our community and whatever that was, you know, and we did. Anyways, moving on. That's why I first met you. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I'm from Casa, and I'm like, oh, mi casa, su casa, like, we live in Pueblo, like, mi casa too, Monica. And then I learned more about what you did, and I'm like, wow, this this woman has a heart of gold. Thank you. Yes, um, Casa was, uh, has been and was one of the greatest things of my life. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, it brought, um, we, the organization does so much good for abused, neglected children. Um, but professionally, um, my boss, Zane, the executive director, um, the opportunities that he gave me and the, um, what he saw in me that I was capable of, that I could bring to the organization. He does that for anyone that works for him and, and encourages them to spread their wings and grow into um, who they can be. And so that's played a significant role in my professional and adult and personal life, I would say. And we did a lot of good and brought a lot of beautiful people to the organization, including yourself and many other friends of mine. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, recruit several people to the organization and um, accomplished a lot of wonderful things and have a lot of really good times. Yes, you did. You did a you did a beautiful job there when you were there, and I'm just blessed that you kind of, you know, ro- triggered me in and rolled me in, and you know, it's just great. So for those of you who don't know, CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates, and what they do is so it's a nonprofit that has a voice um, for children in the court system. So they find 
volunteers. They get trained. They go through a training and all the things, fingerprints. I've actually done it myself. And and then you're assigned, you're not a social worker, but a CASA. Mm-hmm. And you're really just there for the kid in the court to really say what's going on for maybe that they can't. So it's just a great organization if you want to know more. But today is Monica's day. <laughs> um, what is your why? Oh, gosh. Um, I think, your for me, my why has changed and evolved depending on where I'm at in my life. Um, I'll be 49 in a couple of months. How are you doing with that? Because that's like, (laughs) really, you're almost 50 Uh in a couple of months. You just add like 12 months to that couple months. It's, um, you know, stay tuned to see how I (laughs) process. I like it. You know, I celebrated 48, um, but I think 49 is hitting a little different. Um, How so? Like, does it make you feel like you've done all the things you want? Or like, where are you thinking at mentally? Like, Right. So for me... um, I'm excited because I see yet a new chapter coming for me um, within the next year, year and a half. Um, I'm working towards a lot of really exciting things. Like Um, what? Are you going to spill the beans? Well, um, so my why right now at this stage of my life, let me answer that question first, is um, taking care of me now. Um, My son, who is the light of my life. And my best friend, um, love and adore him, and and we have such an awesome relationship. And he's just become such an amazing young man, and I'm so proud of him. And he is doing great on his own, and I'm so proud of that. And so now I can focus a little more on me and who is Monica and what does Monica want and um, what dreams do I still have to fulfill? Because, yeah, you still have you know, 50 years more to go. (laughs) And I love that you said you, because so many women will put everybody else before them. That's just what we do as women. That's what we do. And I think the stage where you're at, like your son just graduated, Mm -hmm. what, a year or two ago. Yep, he's 21 now. Yeah, so you've you've went through that chapter in your Mm -hmm. life where the empty nesting, but um, I love that you said you, because I think women need to do more of this. They, I mean, you have to take care of you. You have to put yourself first, your dreams mm-hmm. first. Cause if you don't, then what do your kids have to look up for to? Like you're not taking care of yourself. You can't take care of them. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we're not setting a good example. Um, but it, it's how we're wired as women. Um, we take on so much. We're such multitaskers. Um, and through that, yes, it's like, I've got to do this for them, him, whoever, and then maybe, you know, something for myself. And so now that uh, my son has grown and I have that freedom to make those considerations, you know, what do I want and and what does the future hold? Um, You know, 49 in one sense is a little bit, oh my gosh, I can't, (laughs) it's so weird. But then I'm like, oh my gosh! I think at 49, I'm I'm rocking, and um, I have you're working it, girl. You're always so working many it. things I want to do, and I have dreams, um, and and I have manifested so much that has come into my life. Um, I don't consciously necessarily manifest things, or I didn't. I work now to consciously uh, meditate and manifest things, but in my younger life, I didn't know what what manifesting really meant. What, what does it really mean to, to you? To me, I, I was dreaming, hoping, wishing, and thinking these things repetitively 
Um, I want that. I want that. I want that. And all of those things have come to me big and small, um, working for CASA. You know, when I learned of CASA, I think it was college, early college. Um, I, one day I was like, I want to be involved with that organization. I want to be part of it. Um, and I imagined that maybe I would be a volunteer and I didn't even know really what that meant. I just knew they did good for children and I wanted to be part of that. I never imagined that I would play such a significant role. Um, but I wanted it and it came to me and it was a, such a blessing. Um, in college, I got to study, uh, I minored in Italian and got to study in Italy and live there. You're kidding. How did I never know this? <laughs> what part of Italy did you um, live in? So the university was in Torino, um, but we really didn't have to go to a lot of classes. Our job was to, you know, travel the country, learn the language. We had to journal every single day that we were there. Our assignment was to journal what we were experiencing, what we were learning, um, you know, about history, architecture, food, culture, all of it. Um, and as a little girl, I remember being even four and five years old and I don't remember exactly what the commercial was, but it talked about, um, uh, foreign exchange opportunities. And as a little girl, I was like, someday I want to do that. You know, and I just, I always dreamed of it. I always dreamed of traveling. And, and so when the opportunity came to be an exchange student in Italy, um, it was amazing. It was such a blessing. And, um, so it's just been, uh, like I said, big and small things. Um, What's one thing um, that you pulled out of that Italy trip? Because what a dream. I wish I would have done something like that, and I never mm-hmm. did. But, like, what? I mean, how cool. You know, um, I'll tell you this. It's it's interesting. As far as I know, I have zero Italian blood yeah. in me. Well, talk to me. Talk to me in but, Italian. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, use it or lose it is, is kind of um, – what happens. I think I can still listen and pick up things. And I think if I went back to Italy or when I go back to Italy, I should say, um, it'll come back to me. Uh, they actually wanted me to teach Italian at a couple of the high schools here. Really? And my son was still a little, little guy. And I was a stay at home mom, which was another blessing and something I had manifested in my life. I knew that's something I wanted to do and, and provide for my child. And, um, at first they thought, oh, it's just going to be a part-time thing. And, and then it was so popular when they introduced it, you know, to the community that it was, it was going to be full-time teaching. And I was a little rusty. I hadn't practiced my Italian and, um, and they were like, you're going to do great. Like we have every faith in you. You're going to be fantastic. And the fact that you care how good you are. And so it just wasn't the right time, but I was flattered. And, uh, but, but Italy was, despite me not being Italian, it felt like home. I've, I've traveled a lot of places. I've been to several countries and all over this country and never felt at home like I did in Italy. It was really, um, even now to watch a a movie on TV that takes place in Italy, I get really emotional because it, it really felt like home for me. Um, and it's just hard to explain unless you've been somewhere where you had that um, experience. And so that's what that was for me. And again, I just feel so blessed Mm -hmm. and fortunate that I got to have that opportunity and, and my parents made that possible for me. 
So if you have um, the opportunity, definitely take advantage. It's something you won't regret. Oh, exactly. And life is short. And um, and, and sometimes, you know, just make a little extra effort. And, and um, you know, fear gets in the way of so many things. Um, <clears throat> when I was growing up, I lacked confidence. You did? For most of my young life. Um, I really didn't start to break out of, out of that until a little bit my senior year of high school. Um, and then it took, you know, really becoming an adult. Um, I, I lacked confidence and I had so much fear of failing or embarrassing myself. What? But I wanted to be a country singer my whole life. I wanted to be a country singer and I had, um, but I didn't have the confidence. I had so much fear of getting on a stage and, um, and so it got in my way. It Wait, got you in my to way. Be a country singer. Do you have a good voice? Let's hear it. I Is, used to. Oh, don't, okay. definitely don't ask me today. Because it was a, like Shania Twain, Dolly Parton. Like, who is your hero that you like looked up to that inspired oh, you man. to want to be one? Uh, gosh. Well, when I was little, the Mandrell sisters, Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters, mm-hmm. Dolly Parton, Reba. Um, those were some of the women that uh, inspired me. You know, I grew up on a on a farm and and was a country girl when I was little, and so that's where that came from. And you know, I dreamed of it, but I just always had such fear and um, and a lack of confidence. Was a little shy for a good portion of my life. And how'd you overcome that? Um, honestly, like I said, I think um, my role at Casa. You know, which wasn't until I was in my 30s. Wow. Took that long to come into a place where I started getting confidence. Hmm. And uh, so when I say that played such a role for me um, professionally and personally, that's that was it. You know, I've always known you as a confident person. So I guess I never saw that <laughs> yeah. chapter. Of you. Yeah. You came into my life at mm-hmm. a time where I had, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, blossomed. Yeah. And and like I said, I, I, I give so much credit to, to Zane Grant because he does that for everyone that works for him. He kind of just mm-hmm. nudges you and said, go, go do it. He's pretty awesome. He's amazing. I do adore him yes. and how he puts up with so many women. Like we had a board <laughs> meeting last night and it's Zane Grant yep. at the, you know, the top of the table and all these women and he just, he gets it. Yeah. And he, we get him and it just kind of, it's, it works. He's, he's amazing. So. And when I met you, you were a single mom mm-hmm. and I admired you cause you're like the single mom, but then you have this really cool career that you're. Um, you're, you're doing and how did you manage that? Like how, how long were you a single mom for? Can I ask you that? Oh my gosh. Um, so I was divorced for over 12 years, but even, even in our marriage, um, my son's dad traveled a a lot for work. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I was a single mom Mm -hmm. pretty much my, my son's entire life. Um, and, uh, and I think that's part of the reason he and I are so close now is cause it was me and him, mm-hmm. uh, all those years. And, um, there's so many single moms out there. Like what advice do you give them? Like, how do you, how do you have that balance? How do you have this, uh, kid that you're raising and you're this amazing mom too, but then also have this career and you're going after it and doing something you're passionate about. I think Um, there's a few things involved in that. One, I was fortunate that, um, after being a stay at home mom, my, 
when I had to go, go, go back to work, um, I had been volunteering at his school. He was at a small private school. And so, you know, when he was little, I was classroom mom. I didn't miss a single thing. Um, and I would just spend time at the school and I just wanted to be with him as much as possible. And then they asked me to start substitute teaching. So I'd come substitute teach. So then, uh, when his father and I were splitting up, the timing just worked out that they needed a part-time admissions person. And so I was like, yeah, this is perfect. I get to work at his school and still be, you know, with him and work. And, um, and then that's eventually evolved into um, a new headmaster coming in and they created a a development position and they asked if I wanted to take that on and I said absolutely. So uh, that was my step into uh, the development world and using my college education, still getting to work at my son's school and see him all the time. And so um, I was fortunate in that way. And then when CASA came into the picture, um, again, it was, here's a job that, one, it's nearby, it's minutes away from his school. Um, there was flexibility. You know, it's it was a nonprofit world. I started part-time. My salary was very minimal. I think I took a pay cut to take the job at CASA, but it was something I wanted so much, and it meant so much to me. And, and then Zane said, you know, you bring in the money to support your salary to grow, then that's what will happen. And so I had the motivation, but I had the flexibility. He was so wonderful to um, understand moms, and and he needed freedom and flexibility in his lifestyle mm-hmm. as well. And so it, it was just a culture that he had. And so maybe I sacrificed, maybe I could have had a, a better paying job or a more um, – I don't know, a position that had a little more clout with it. But this job allowed me to be a mom first. Mm-hmm. And and then you just do your job better because you're Absolutely. repaid in other ways that are more meaningful. Being a mom was first and foremost for me, always. Mm-hmm. And so I was just blessed. It just was a blessing. Being at CASA was was a blessing in, in so many ways and, and getting to um, have this fantastic job and get to be a mom and anytime I needed to be there for my son no questions asked I'm there Mm -hmm. and and so that was what was important and I I sacrificed you know certain freedoms and and financial maybe um, (laughs) financially a little bit uh, being in the nonprofit world but uh, it made up for it in in more meaningful ways. I love that. What's been one of your biggest roadblocks and how did you overcome it? roadblocks. Hmm. You talk about a lot of wins. We're going to talk about your biggest win next, but yeah. So roadblocks, I guess, like I said, I I mentioned the confidence thing. Um, but as an adult, um, I don't know if it's really a roadblock. Um, I've, I've written about and talked about my, my father was an alcoholic and so my entire adult life that played a really big role emotionally, um, caused a lot of drama and trauma in my life. Um, and so that's probably the biggest thing that I've dealt with as an adult is navigating his disease. Um, he passed away last year. Um, and I started writing, uh, about my experience 
with his alcoholism back in 2020 and started my blog, um, The Broken Country Girl, and sharing my story. And at first, I, I had been sitting on it for a couple of years. I wanted to write. I wanted to share it. But it's such to tap into that is so emotional to sit down and start um, reliving some of it was really hard. And then um, 2020, I just had this strength. I entered that year with a lot of hope and promise and, and inner strength that came from somewhere. And I, it was time. And so I started writing about it. And he was still alive at this time. He was still alive. And we were still dealing with a lot of things, um, you know, a lot of negative fallout from his disease. But writing was going to be therapeutic for me. And my hope when I started writing was that if one person reads this and it helps them in any way, um, that I'm glad I've shared it. And and so it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a blog that has, you know, national attention or anything. It's just my circle of influence. But the feedback from everyone that has taken time to read it, I get text messages, private messages of, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing this. You've given me the strength to now talk about, you know, the alcoholism that's in, in my family and what it's done to my family. Um, well, I, I read your blog and you. I'm glad you shared that because I had no idea about the that you, because, you know, you only know so much about a person, yep. right? Yep. And there's a lot of things people just don't want to share about mm-hmm. them. And that's hard. Yes. I mean, it is really emotionally hard to do that. And so I'm grateful because I had learned that he was homeless. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Like if, I mean, it's been a couple of years, years, I think mm-hmm. I've read it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, what was that like to have a father who, you know, suffered from this disease and then led to him being homeless? Yeah. It's kind of surreal. Um, my dad growing up, so as a as a kid, my dad, I was daddy's little girl. I was his princess. He was more proud of me than, than anything. You know, he, he literally showed me off, you know, to his friends and, and bragged about me. And, and you'd go visit his house and there's pictures of me everywhere. And, um, and he was funny and he was charming and he was... Um, energetic and and successful he was a salesman and he drove Cadillacs and Corvettes and you know that was when men wore the big gaudy diamond rings and (laughs) all of that and um you know he married several beautiful women (laughs) And, and uh I didn't recognize his drinking as being an issue until probably I was in college. There were times in high school where I knew he'd had too much to drink, but I didn't, you know, I didn't live with him. So I never saw it as this is something that happens all the time. Um, And then in college, when I was in college, uh, I watched certain things change in his life, get difficult. And then the drinking increased. And eventually it took hold. And eventually um, he lost every material possession. Um, he didn't have a home. He was resourceful. So he would find friends, um, not exactly ideal friends, Mm -hmm. um, or true friends, but you know, people that he could shack up with, um, or he'd find some, you know, horrible little motel, um, and it just, you know, we just, we watched it progress, progressively get worse. Um, and it 
it would break my heart when I would, you know, have to go see him and see conditions that he was living in, you know, almost third world kind of conditions. And this is someone who had the world in their hands and who was so generous. And um, I think the, the most shocking experience, there's two. I would drive around Pueblo and I always feared seeing my dad walking on the streets. And um, it finally happened one day. And he still had, you know, his own clothes on his back. Um, After college, I went to work at the Pro Rodeo Cowboys Association. And so I had this uh, National Finals Rodeo leather jacket every year. They Mm -hmm. issue a new one. And, Mm -hmm. And so I had the privilege of owning a couple. And I had given one to my dad. And he was so proud of it. But I see this man walking down the street wearing the NFR coat. And, uh, you know, so I pulled over and asked him if he needed a ride somewhere. And it just was so heartbreaking and just unbelievable. Um, So I didn't think it could really get harder than that. And then, let's see, it was probably 2018. It was 2018. Um, My younger brother said, hey, I've seen our dad. Um, He's shacking up in an abandoned trailer home. And this was in October when we had some like crazy freezing spell come through. And uh, he says, you know, he's got a little blanket and a jacket on and and, uh, that's all he knew. And this broke my heart and I couldn't just not do anything. As much as we kind of tried to keep our distance just for our own mental health. Um, I couldn't not do something to help him. So we, we bought a box of boxes of supplies, sleeping bags, warm clothes, food, um, little lanterns, whatever we could think of. And so we go to this trailer home that had once we go inside, he's laying on the floor that's covered in filth. There's no electricity, no water, no anything. Obviously, other homeless people have used it. And he's curled up on the floor under not much of a blanket, maybe a windbreaker jacket. And we wake him up, you know, wake him up and he sits up. And this is a man who's always been very meticulous about his appearance. And he's got the white beard and he's weathered and wrinkled, and he was the epitome of a homeless man on the streets, and it was my dad. And I just shook and bawled my eyes out because I thought, how? How's this my dad? And so he was so thankful for what we had done and, and appreciated everything and um he loved chocolate milk, so we bought him a bunch of Ovaltine, <laughs> and he chugged probably three three bottles right there in front of us. But I think there was a part of his pride that knew um, that, you know, his daughter was hurting seeing him like that. And he said, thank you. You know, you guys can go. I'm going to lay down now. And and so we walked out, and... and um, and so shortly after, uh, months later, it ended up being the next the next year, next summer, um, by the grace of God, strangely, he broke his hip. 
he'd broken other things, ended up in the hospital and get back out and, and start all over again. It was a really sad, heartbreaking, you know, he'd get beat up and people would take his money and what little he had. And, um, you know, but he ended up getting so hurt that he landed in the hospital. And so then he was in the system and we finally had help for him, and that led to us being able to eventually get him into an assisted living where he had a roof over his head and was getting fed and had medical care. Um, and he hated it. <laughs> you know, he felt like a caged animal. He was always wild and, and free, and but uh, um, that's where he was able to finish out his, his final years. And um, it's just, yeah, it's... Any addiction is devastating and heartbreaking. It's hard. What it can do. And it's hard when it's close to home. Like yeah. it's, that's your father. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I appreciate you sharing that. Like that yeah. is, that's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. But uh, like I said, if it, if it helps anyone by me sharing my story and, and like I said, the feedback has been that it does, then I'm happy to, I'm happy to share it. If, if someone can tolerate a few of my tears, <laughs> then then I will gladly share my experience um, in hopes that it'll prevent anybody from from letting addiction take over your life because no one is immune. No one is immune. My dad had everything, had, had a seemingly wonderful life, and it took over. It won. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. How did he, did he have to sober up living in the home? Yeah, he wasn't able to drink there, and he couldn't drive, and, and, and no one would take him anywhere. So, you know, for his last couple of years, he was sober. Um, I think he's, he got busted out once. His brother came up and picked him up, and and within 24 hours, approximately, he took himself back there. But in, he did get drunk while he was out and then realized, uh, I'm too old to be out on the streets with no you know, no resources and realized that, okay, maybe, and maybe I'm better off. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I cannot imagine <laughs> that is a hard story. It is. To it's listen tough. To, so yeah. And with his passing, I think the beautiful thing of when someone passes that we love, once we get over the stages of grief and the heartache, the anger, whatever, now I can really focus on the positives and all the good years and, and all the wonderful qualities that he had before you know it took over um but he did he lost all his family and all his friends really you know um he had a few of us that would check in but we didn't we really wanted to keep our distance what's one of your favorite memories with him a favorite memory um when i was young uh the colorado state fair giddy up uh yes uh my dad loved to ride the rides and play all the games. He was a kid at heart. He was so fun. And so he'd take me and we would play all the games and win all the ridiculous cheesy prizes. And we'd ride every roller coaster. And um, yeah, that those were some of my favorites. Or going out on Pueblo Reservoir um, on the boat, which he affectionately named the Miss Monica. Quit it. You um, have a boat named after you? It's like Forrest Gump and Ginny. <laughs> there were two. There were two Miss Monicas. Okay. Um, but he loved being on the water, as I do. And um, so those were also really special memories. So when we're out on the lake now, um, I always think of, you know, my time with him out there. 
That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And who were you named after? Where does Monica come from? Oh gosh, it's not uh it's not an interesting story at all. Oh, okay. Well then <laughs> let's just move on, Monica. They were desperate I love to that figure laugh. out a name and I, I don't know if they looked in a name book or what, but yeah, they're uh, not connected to anybody. Well, you should probably ask your mom. Like, was there a name book? You should you should find I out. I think maybe she said there was a name book. Um and my middle name's Anne, which is after my mom, but Okay. Monica Ann, mm-hmm. Little Mac. Yes. Hello. Yeah, that was my nickname. So uh, my dad called me Mac for many, many years. What's, um, you know, that's one of the hardest things you've had to go through. Yep. What's been one of your biggest wins, like one of your biggest accomplishments that makes you so proud of yourself? Wow. Um, Personally, uh, on a personal level, my son, and and I would think most moms, of course, are going to say their children, uh, without a doubt, that's the best thing I've done. Um, I'm sure I failed a lot of times at the, you know, in the process of being a mom. Wait, I want to hear a story. Do you have a story? Like, Um, what was the time you're like, oh gosh, I'm a horrible mom for letting that happen. Oh gosh. Because I have, I have several where I'm like, I should (laughs) think of anything specific off the top of my head other than you know maybe he rolled off the bed as a baby a couple times (laughs) but otherwise um you know I feel really confident I know I gave him every ounce of love that I had in my body um in fact I you know I always imagined I'd have three kids and after he came along I, I just, I thought to myself, I can't possibly love another child. I don't want to share this love. I want mm-hmm. to give him everything that I have. And uh, it, there are other reasons I didn't have more children, but that was uh, a big part of it was that I just want him to get it all. I was so in love with that little guy. And now to see the young man that he is um, and the relationship that we have, um, it's rare that a day goes by that he doesn't call or text me um, because he's he wants to. He's a mama's to. boy. He's a mama's boy in a healthy way. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, JJ, is he's a great kid. He's, he's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? That actually brought a, a thing to me. Like, I remember when I had Parker, he was just a baby. He's two months old, and I find out I'm pregnant. And I'm like, there's no way this kid, whatever it <laughs> has a lot of work to do. Got a lot of competition because Parker's <laughs> right. my favorite thing in the world. And then... I yeah. know, but you do. You just end up loving them just the same. They're, they're, it, the love that we have when a child comes into this world, it's, uh, you can't explain it. It's, it's just something you experience. And I'm sure, I have no doubt had I had more children that I would have loved them just as much. Um, you know, but that that's another story um, why I didn't. But yeah, he's definitely, personally, my biggest accomplishment um, professionally, that's hard to say. Um, I have to go back to my time at Casa just because that's where I spent, you know, nine and a half years. Um, and I think I did a lot of good there. I know I really helped a lot of growth and (laughs) you did, we're going to cheers to that because you did amazing, amazing work. Like she, you held it all together. It was super proud of the work you did. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It means a lot. I think anytime somebody just gives you a little appreciation, 
for me personally, I think a little, even just the smallest gesture goes a long way. And Zane was always good about that. He was always been my, my biggest cheerleader and was the first to say, you know, good job. Um, speak me up to, you know, the board or whomever. Um, but giving me that freedom to, to do, to go out and do the job. It's yours. You know, you, you really didn't have this position before truly. And so you go make it what it is. And, um, and getting to introduce over the edge to Casa. Um, he thought I was an insane person when I suggested we have people rappel down a tall building. <laughs> we all kind of thought you were money. crazy. <laughs> and I said, just please, you know, I always knew when to approach Zane and how to approach him. I learned that. What kind um, of day he was having, yes. what kind of mood he was in. Um, we had become such good friends that I, you know, over the years learned. Um, and so when I went to him, I just asked him for an open mind and to at least look at it. Let's ask questions, address all of that. And, and he trusted me. And then the next step was going to the board and the board was awesome and so gracious because they said, you, you all have been successful with anything else that we've done that if you believe in this, let's do it. And it was so exciting and so fun. And the fact that it still is happening for Casa now, um, just you know, I beam with pride and, um, I love that I played a role in bringing that to this community and that it's, it's something that is successful for CASA. Yeah. I love that you brought that too. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, it was. Um, three words that best describe you. Oh my gosh. So, so with your little prep questionnaire, I read that. Oh, you did. (laughs) Look at me all organized. I thought I'd forget. Seriously, it's probably been five months mm-hmm. since I've done one of these. Well, thanks for getting me back yeah, in this. Yeah, I'm so just excited. Brush that rust off and you're good. Yeah. Girls. You're finally in town. Yep. We can make this happen. <laughs> We're going to do, I don't know, a few podcasts. We're just going to sit here for the next few hours. I know and- you told somebody at three about my, Oh, we might be here all night. Well, we could be, um, so three words. So when I read your questionnaire, I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't like to talk about myself in that way. And so I went to my current boss, who's also my friend, and I said, Kristen, um, what are three words that describe me? Go. And she goes, energetic, tenacious, and caring. And and I agree 100%. Oh, my. This is why we connected. <laughs> Those are three good words for you. Yes. Yes. I love and, that. And she did I, good. I love it, too. nailed it. Yes. Kristen is fantastic. Again, another wonderful leader that I've... Um, been blessed to come into my life and, and also form a friendship with. And, um, she didn't have to think about it. She didn't hesitate. She just said that that's you. Um, and, uh, I, I would agree that that's, that's very true. I love that. You know, you're an influential woman to so many, um, especially in our community and the work that you've done. It's truly amazing. But who's, who's been somebody that's been an influential woman in your life? Oh, I gave that some thought too. And so first and foremost, my mom, my mom is, she's just amazing in every way. And, uh, I'm sure a lot of women would say that about their moms. Your mom's amazing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I meet people in the community that, that knew my mom professionally, you know, everyone just 
speaks so highly of her. Everyone loves my mom. They loved her in her professional role. They love her in her personal life. She's so strong. You know, she was a single mom as well and so hardworking. Um, and you never saw her crack or falter. I'm sure that she did. We have to, but she never showed it to us kids. She just did what needed to be done and she did it with grace and strength. Um, she has an amazing sense of humor. You've seen her. She's gorgeous inside and out. Beautiful. And, um, she's so thoughtful. She's always just been a really thoughtful person, kind. She's, she's my best friend. She listens to me. You know, I cry on her shoulder a lot and, um, yeah, she's just been, uh, an example of who you want to be as a person, not just a mom, but she's a fantastic grandma and she's just a fun, fun, fun person. And so, um, you know what I want to do with you and your mom? I want to sneak a bottle of wine into bingo and play bingo with y'all drinking wine. Oh, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I think we should do that. We should make that happen. That sounds, I love bingo. What's up? I do too. (laughs) Uh, What's one of your favorite memories of you and your mom? Because I know how much you love her and adore her. Like you, you guys are, you're truly best friends. What's like one of your favorite memories? Gosh. See, I didn't know she was a single mom too. Yeah, she was. Um, God, we have so many great memories. Um, Oh, goodness. Can I share, well, you think, one of my favorite memories Uh with my mom? So you can. Yeah. I took my mom to Italy. That was her dream. So when she turned 60, Mm -hmm. I took her. You're talking about Italy's your home. Mm -hmm. You're talking about next steps and chapters in your life. That's one I'll never forget. So I'm just saying. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things I could ever, and I thought I was crazy for leaving my two and one-year-old for 10 days. Mm-hmm. It was hard. It wasn't yeah. easy. Yeah. But I did it, and I don't regret You'll it. You'll never regret it. Making that time, to me, that's one of the most important things in life is making time mm-hmm. for the people that you care about, family and friends. And that's why every time I come back to Pueblo, I'm letting friends and family know I'm she coming. She came to my open house a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> That's how we got back together. Yeah, I mean, yep. any anytime I can snag even mm-hmm. just a few minutes with somebody that I care about, but my mom, of course, being at the top of that list, um, you know, she's getting older. And um, so- No, you're I, not, mom. Don't listen she, to yeah. her. You are not getting any older. <laughs> so I try to, you know, make time. Favorite memories. Most recently, she turned 75 last October. And um, she didn't have any plans for the day. It was a weekday. And I had made plans months ahead of time. I had bought us tickets to see this Elvis impersonator who is world-renowned. Um, Graceland has, you know, anointed him, the Elvis. He's <laughs> fantastic, and he's super good-looking. So I bought us tickets and we were going to go to dinner um, at Willow Creek in Evergreen, my favorite place, and just have a girls' night and a girls' weekend. And the day before um, her birthday, they announced that he was sick and he had to cancel uh, his tour for a period of time. And so now her whole birthday surprise was just gone. And there I was empty-handed with, with a nothing and so I explained it to her, and of course she's so gracious and sweet, and it's fine. And but there she was on her seventy fifth birthday, and that's huge. It's a huge um, 
occasion. And I called her that morning and asked if she had plans. And she did not. And she says, I might take myself out for some wine. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my goodness. I cannot allow this to happen. So I spoke to my fabulous boss. And I said, it's my mom's 75th birthday. She's alone. Can I go be with her? And she's like, get out of here. So I beelined it to Pueblo and took her to lunch. Um, And we had a fabulous, it was the most gorgeous fall day. It was like God was watching and he, oh, and it. we sat on the patio at brews and had wine. I mean, we were there for hours and ate and drank. And then we went out to Muso Farms because we wanted to get pumpkins and all the goodies, all the fall things, all the fall things. And they have, uh, you know, when you go to the grocery store when you're kids and they had the quarter pony, you put the quarter in and the pony, you ride the she pony. She rode the pony. Well, they have green chili. Right. So my mom, 75 years old, <laughs> got on the chili and yes. rode it and she giggled and she laughed and she she felt like a princess that day. She's Aww. like, thank you so much. It was the most perfect, beautiful day. But she, that's who she is. She's just so lighthearted and funny and she, she embraced it and she didn't even think twice when I said, mom, get on the chili and ride it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love that about her. So yes, a recent memory, that's uh, something I will treasure forever and thankfully i have it on video so oh, <laughs> i can I love relive it, it over oh and i over. love it well happy 75th mom <laughs> yes what a wonderful yeah. day and there's nothing better than a perfect fall day what's your favorite season it's summer i'm yeah. a summer girl all yeah. day all day long and uh yeah i think maybe i mentioned to you yeah i've got my eyes set on florida in the future and yeah. so um yeah i'm a i'm an ocean beach sunshine girl and that's what speaks to my soul and so so my next chapter involves me going to where my soul is going to be happy. By the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, in Italy, there's like the whole Malfi Coast, like oh yes, Salerno, Positano. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, maybe yeah. you could have your home with the <laughs> ocean. I'm looking out for you, girlfriend. I, I'm just thinking, you know, I still have to work for a living, so I'm not sure how many mm-hmm. opportunities. Just sell lobsters. For an English You could speaking. sell anything. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You could be fine. Real estate. <laughs> yes. So is that. Mm-hmm. You have that in your pocket. You got yes. a lot of like hands and things. I do. You could do a little do. anything you want. Yes. Yeah, so I'm currently in senior living. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing that I manifested and, and wanted in my life. And now I'm doing it. And it's been another really eye-opening, rewarding, sometimes heartbreaking experience but uh I will never regret it because I've learned so much from being around that age group and watching all they still have to offer um and feeling the heartache you know when you lose someone that you get attached to and but just seeing the grace and the beauty and and just uh it's something I would recommend to anybody is you you need to spend time around that age group and understand we're all going to be there one day and we hope that someone will take good care of us. That is great advice. Yeah. Um, spending time, especially your family, your your grandparents, is so important. Like I, I send my kids, not send them, but we go to my grandma's every weekend or she's coming to the gate. Like that's always been important for some of my family. Like they won't see him for years. And I'm like, I don't get that. Mm-mm. Like it is so important. You have so much to learn from them. Yeah. And I love when she like will be like, Mm-mm, and it's like, oh, they like no, and I'm like, how come when I do that it doesn't work, you know? But they're, yep. I love them. So special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I love it. 
What's your favorite color? Blue? Uh, aqua blue. Aqua Turquoise, blue. yes. Something Tiffany. Like, mm, Tiffany's. Yeah, color of the ocean. Um, color of my eyes. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say next? I wish That's my eyes the were Monica that color. laugh. The Monica laugh. Do you hear it? I love it. I love Monica's laugh. My mom says it's boisterous. Oh, okay. I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure. Now, if you could take somebody to lunch, who would it be? Oh who, like, who have you yeah. always wanted to meet and just have a, have a conversation with? I read that on your little prep thing too, and I and I gave that some thought. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so impressed. You read something I emailed I'm, you. I try I'm to be impressed. a good student. Yeah. Be prepared. She even had it printed off. That's I was a like, tough one. That's a really <laughs> tough one. Um, but after thinking about it, and this is going to be a little bit heavy. Um. Jesus. And I am not, I don't go to church. I'm a believer. I have faith, but I'm, I, I wish I had more faith. I wish I were deeper involved. Um, but I would love to sit with Jesus because the, the state of our planet, our world, our nation is really scary. Mm -hmm. And I would just like to sit with him and hope that he tells us we're going to be okay. Ooh. Yeah. You just gave me goosebumps. That is deep. And hope to, yeah, I'm sorry. No, but it's, <laughs> but it's so true. And, and to feel his faith, you know, uh, the Jesus that I have learned about is, you know, filled with such love, obviously. And, um, something that I would just love to feel. I would love to feel that love and that faith and um, curious what he thinks of the human race today. So <laughs> next question. <laughs> I'm out of questions. <laughs> no, the, I love that. That is powerful. Yeah. Um, so song, you asked me about a song. <laughs> Okay, what, what, what song? What's your theme song? My theme song would be Champion, Carrie Underwood. Mm. You need to listen to it because that was a really tough question for me. One, I'm a big, big country girl. So I'm like, it has to be a country song. And, and there's so many that I identify with. But when you turn that on, just the, the, the energy and the beat of the music, you know, just fires you up. You just want to just, I don't know just feel like a badass yeah. woman listening to it. Yeah. And she sings about being a champion. And I think as women, we need to um, identify all the little and big ways in our daily lives that we just rock. And we're a champion at being a mom or being, you know, that member of your, your staff and your, your business and um, as a wife or a friend and just be like, yeah, I do rock. I yeah. am good at that. And I yep. know, you know, how much I give to this and I know what I accomplished today. And, and maybe it was just something simple. Um, I, I, one of our residents the other day, I sat there and hand fed her cheesecake. Mm. It's not part of my job, but I cared about her. I wanted to stop in and see how she was doing. And, and so I ended up sitting there feeding her cheesecake and, and I thought, you know what? Like that was one of those moments that just filled my bucket, but Champion is definitely something I think we need to feel in our daily lives. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's a great song. Yeah, it's fantastic. You want to be a country singer, so uh -huh. did I, until I sang karaoke or anything. <laughs> My mom's like, honey, I did not give you that gift, but I still think I'm a country singer. I just think it's That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too. 
somewhere. I kind of want to hear you sing though. Like, do you have the voice? I, I used to have a voice. I, I, I haven't even sang much for myself in such a long time. You didn't sing in the car on the ride down here? When I finally gave up that dream, um, I had a wonderful opportunity years ago when I was married to my son's dad. Ended up going to L.A. and getting voice lessons. And uh, oh, so, Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I was working with this fabulous instructor, and she... Um, after a few sessions, she says, you know, I don't normally invite people so quickly. She did these uh, things at the Kennedy Center, Center, Kennedy Center, which is very prestigious. And, and she says, I take select few of people for a six week thing and she preps them for stage. And she invited me to be part of that. Wow. And so um, paid for it, packed up, you know, everything from Pueblo, Colorado, and, and and we had a second home in California because uh, my ex-husband had a project out there, and so we had a second home out there. And Rough life. So moved moved our, our giant dog and my kid and myself and all our things out there. And um, anyway, long story short, a few things got in the way, and I wasn't able to um, end up being able to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I just kind of packed up my dream of being a country singer and and uh so i don't i don't really try to sing much anymore you know what you should start doing songwriting now that you yeah you kind of you've had all these chapters in your life i think you'd be a great songwriter and then that's how you get your foot back in and be a country music singer (laughs) well there you go yeah anything's possible yeah um and while I'm sitting on the beach in Florida, I'll be inspired. So <laughs> absolutely, mm-hmm. toes in the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And then I'll give Jenny all the credit. Oh, I'll dedicate my first song to you, Jenny. Just give me backstage passes. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't need any credit. I just want to come. You know, I feel like I'm a professional cheerleader. I just like cheering people on. I like watching people succeed and doing big things and following their passions and whatever it may be. I like that part. And I don't need credit. Yeah. But I'll take a little bit now that you're going to give it to me. Well, and. Like, can I be on the cover with you? Can we, like, can we take a photo session yes, together? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think you are the example of what women should be to other women. We should be cheering each other on mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and praising each other for what great, a great job you're doing at whatever it is that you do, big or small. You know, some people feel a big role uh, professionally. And some people, you know, take smaller roles like I have in my life. And oh, I don't think they're small roles. Think whatever it is, if you're doing good, um, we just need to praise each other and build each other up. Amen. Yeah. What's um some of the best advice you've ever received? Oh gosh, best advice I've ever received. Hmm, that's a good question. Was it not on my list? That one was not, (laughs) yes, what advice I would give, but not what I've received. I'm sure I've received so much. I've had so many people in my life, uh, my mom, my stepmom, friends, just, you know, encourage you to um, go for it, you know, and to believe in yourself. And that's something that I always struggled with was believing in myself. And, um, and so I think, you know, one person cheering you on or saying just the right thing can make 
a decision that will change your life. And so I think I've had those beautiful little angels in my life giving me just enough, you know, to take next steps and It's important and to have do those cheerleaders because mm-hmm. they support you. You need to have support. If Absolutely. you don't have support, it's so hard to do anything. Like right now, I feel like I've taken a step back in my life and I'm supporting my husband and my family and that's okay. I'm proud to do that. Yeah. It's a season. We're yeah. all in different seasons and it's okay to be a supporter. Absolutely. But it's even more important to support those who you love and and their passion and their dreams like it's okay whatever season you're in absolutely right just be good at it and mm-hmm. receive it and give it exactly oh my gosh that's so true um because we we get what we give mm-hmm. and um yeah i think that's so important so so what advice would you give cuz being, you know, giving or receiving advice, you kind of didn't know. But if you could give advice top of your head, what advice would it be to other women? Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, just build up other women. Um, don't let fear get in your way. Um, and be a good person. Mm, because I don't care how much your shoes cost. I don't care what bag you're carrying. What I'm going to remember is how you treat people, mm-hmm. how you made me feel when I spent time with you. Mm-hmm. That's what matters is be a good person, make others feel um, special, valued, walk away with them feeling like that was someone I'd like to spend more time with mm-hmm. and I put away that. all the superficial I love that. stuff. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. You actually made me look down at my, my <laughs> shoes. And these are like boy shoes I got at Ross, probably for like fourteen ninety nine. Oh. So you're not judging me for my all stars. I am not. Yes. I in fact I'm a big big Ross and TJ Maxx fan myself. Oh, yeah. So all I day long. That. Yep. Just yep. be a good person. Exactly. Mm. Yep. What are uh, oh, you said you something you're scared of? What's something you are scared of that maybe I don't know? Like like I'm scared of snakes. What is there anything you're like? deathly scared of super scared of um i'm gonna have i think realistic fear of things but i don't think there's anything i'm terribly afraid of creepy clowns i don't like clowns but i'm not gonna you know run away from one i might tell them go away What's something that... But I've picked snakes up when I was doing real yeah. estate. There was a snake in the house, and I grabbed it by the tail and threw it out in the what yard. What kind of snake was it? It was just a little little garden, little garden snake, snake oh. but he okay. was in the house. And so, um, but my big, strong husband wouldn't have done that, so... Yeah. <laughs> Neither would your little friend over here do that. <laughs> nope on a rope. Um, what's something that most people don't know about you? Like, maybe only JJ, your son, or your mom might know. Like, what's something... Um, so I grew up on a pig farm when I was a kid. Yes. Um, so, you know, east of Pueblo, little Avondale, Colorado, we had a pig farm. Um, I think at one point we might've had up to 500 pigs. I was told. Oh, my Lanta. I bet you had the best bacon growing up. We had uh, awesome bacon, sausage. Uh, Of course, you know, I was young enough that I didn't totally understand. I didn't connect the dots that when we loaded up the pigs and dropped them off, what that meant just magically we got all these packages of meat weeks later that fair enough <laughs> mama cooked up and it was real good it's a cycle uh, of life you know grew up um, on horses and um uh played dukes of hazard 
on horseback and um, ate mud pies and all of that fun stuff. So a lot of people don't know that about no, me. No, I did not mm-hmm. know you were a pig farmer. <laughs> I love that. I, I was a mini pig farmer. Okay. But, you know. I'm surprised you don't have like a mini pig living with you. Spend. I love pigs. Did you have I, like one pig that was your favorite that you would even give a name to? We had Big John. Uh-huh. Uh, we had Rosie. Uh, she it. was red. Um, but you know, we spent so many nights when piglets were being born, you know, middle of the night, going to the barn to watch all these cute little pigs being born. And then occasionally we'd have the runs that we'd have to bring into the house and feed them. And, um, you know, so it's a lifestyle that I, I wish everyone could have that, that country life, even just for a little while. Um, and it's something that I, I hated having to move off our farm and move to the city. Um, but I'm so grateful for the time I did have, and it's at my core who I am. You know, I'm, I'm a country girl at heart. Yeah, you really are. Will be. I mm-hmm. slowly learned that about you. Yeah. I was like, oh, you are a yes. county girl, because you went to county high school. It's always a question you get asked. I didn't get, I went <gasps> to South High School. Yeah, because uh, we lived in Pueblo by, by that, that oh. time. So I was, uh, I started uh, second grade in the city. Why'd you have to sell mm-hmm. off the pigs? Uh, my parents divorced, and okay. so and he was the pig farmer. My dad sold the farm and all the things, and um, you know, so it was. You need a baby pig in your life. I do this maybe, year, maybe one day. They have the like the cute little ones that <laughs> you need. That I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna go on marketplace and see what piglets are available. So you have a cat? I would you love and a, a dog. Uh, yeah, so we have three animals in our house right okay. now: um, the four-legged kind, and then. <laughs> So maybe one day, yeah. maybe maybe when I'm living in Florida and I don't know, maybe I'll have a Monica, beach pig. I'll walk the, the beach pig. with my little. Oh my gosh, I, I can see it. I could be that lady. Yeah, I, yeah. I it's either a crazy cat lady or a crazy pig lady. I don't know. <laughs> so you talk about moving to Florida. You talk about, you know, the ocean and how mm-hmm. it connects with your soul. What What are some other dreams that are still on your bucket list? So that's a huge one. Um, that's one that I'm on a mission to make happen um, sooner than later. Um, marine life, um, the oceans, ocean conservation, all of that is something that I'm really passionate about. And I want to play even just a, a small role in hoping, helping to improve it. Um, but on the fun side, uh, you know, a little over a year from now, I'll be 50. And I'm hoping to be in Europe to celebrate. Yes. Um, so what part wanna, of Europe? Um, I, you know, I'm going to do a little tour. Yeah, um, backpacking. Well. Yes, go for it. <laughs> You're still young. I don't know about backpacking. I'm thinking a little more, you know, <laughs> a little more elevated. Um, but I would love to get back to Venice. Oh. I loved Venice and I did not get to spend enough time there. Um, I would love to make a a stop back in Paris, Paris, Venice, and then maybe, um, I didn't get to go to Tuscany either. I've been, been over there twice and didn't get to spend really, um, I think you're going to say screw Florida and the ocean. I just want to be in the Tuscan Hills. (laughs) Maybe if I win the lottery, um, but definitely to celebrate my birthday, I think that would be, um, just something that that's. You know, that's my dream. Is that's it going to be a trip thing. with you and your mom or? I don't know yet. I don't me. know. I mean, I'm just throwing I've, it out there. I know the train systems. I am someone who lives by the motto, the more the merrier. Absolutely, the more the merrier. Um, so if I can have 
friends, family, anyone who wants to celebrate that momentous occasion in my life, then I welcome it. Um, yeah, I'm going to start planning soon and I love it. bring it together and start saving my pennies and so that's make a big it happen. Dream. That's a big Europe. dream. Yep. Get back to Europe. It's been way too long. So I love that. Yeah. And what else might people not know about you? Like what's one of your pet peeves? Cause I feel like you might have more than one. Oh my God. I have a lot of pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I can think of them. You kind of put me on the spot. Um, oh, that's good for you. That's fun. Bad then, drivers. Um, oh, like ones that don't go over in the right-hand lane or the yeah, really fast ones. Get out of the passing lane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, shopping carts. Put them away. Mm. Um, don't be lazy. Just put welcome. the toilet seat down. Uh-oh. I feel like that was intended <laughs> for somebody. <laughs> Um, you know, and yeah. as moms, I feel like we, we can teach our boys that like the, I'm on a mission when I see my boys pee and I go in there and I'm like, that toilet seat up. Yeah. 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 It was pretty good when it was just me and my son. He, he learned pretty well, but, um, you know, I've got two other beasts I live with now that, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My husband's not, he's, he's better, but you yeah. know, sometimes it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's one of the major conflicts between men and women is the toilet seat battle, I think. And what do you do for, um, for knowledge? Do you read books? Do you listen to podcasts? Like, what do you do to improve yourself on a daily basis? Um, I do a little bit of, um, I do like to read. Um, However, I like to read more fiction. I like to escape a little bit when I read. Mm-hmm. Um, Favorite book? God, that's tough. Um, I'm a big Nicholas Sparks fan, John Grisham. Um, I'm reading Nicholas Sparks right now. Um, you know, I, that's a tough question. I'm, I'm not somebody who, you know, I, I've tried to get into those motivational um, self-improvement books. Um, I don't know if it's my attention span that I, that can't keep, or maybe I need to do audio books, but I like to read. If I'm going to get a book, I want to actually read it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it fires parts of our brain that need to be fired. Um, I agree, but, but in I have a hard the time car, sticking to it. <laughs> the car is like a fantastic way to listen, but I'm also such a music Oh, yeah, that country music music. that when Reba's on, it's like game over. Yeah, yeah, nothing else matters. Um, (laughs) So I just, wherever, um, I think it just depends on on the moment you're in, what you're seeking. Um, What's what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Uh, Well, I'm a big Mexican food girl for sure. Um, And then Italian, but probably Mexican first. Um... Favorite place you've ever been to besides Italy? Well, I got married in St. Thomas, and that was gorgeous. Spectacular. Thanks for the invite. Dream come true. Also, something I manifested was that wedding was perfection um, in every way. That I feel like you strive for perfection. What's it was? It what's was the good side and the, and the bad side to that? Because I'm a perfectionist too. Mm-hmm. How do you deal when things don't go perfect? 
Um, I don't know. I think, I think I've chilled out a little bit in that area. Um, but I think we all have areas of our life where we like things the way we like them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're all guilty of that. Um, I don't know. What's your favorite drink? Alcohol or non-alcohol? <laughs> diet Coke. Alcohol. I'm, a, I'm a Diet Coke uh, girl. Uh-huh. I, I don't drink a lot of soda, but if I'm going to have a soda, I'm going to have a Diet, diet Coke. Preferably in a can or fountain. Don't want them out of plastic bottle. It doesn't work for me. Why? Tastes different. Okay. Yeah, it's not as fizzy. I don't know. Okay. Um, cocktails just depends on my mood. Mm. Sometimes I like bubbles. Sometimes I like whiskey. Sometimes <laughs> I want a cold beer. Sometimes I want... <laughs> You know, nice red glass of wine. Just, yeah, just depends. Yeah, mm. I'm. I'm. I think I feel like I'm really open minded in most areas of my life. So, I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, what else should people know about Miss Monica Caruth? <gasps> Monica Ann. So you know, I'm a woodworker. I'm an amateur woodworker. Huh? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the crafty squatch wood. Crafty squatch wood shop. Tell me more. <laughs> well, I build things out of wood, and okay. I love it. It's where I find peace. What do you build? Um, my most recent projects have been uh, folding picnic wine tables. So they're little wood yeah. tables that will hold a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses. Oh, yeah. And they stake into the ground, so you can take them on picnics or... When you're playing cook, bass. You know, like concerts in the field kind of situations. And you're making those. Yeah, I make them. What do those go for? Uh, about 75, 80 bucks. I love that. Yeah. And is that include shipping? I'm just getting ready to ship my first one. So I'm going to, I'm about to figure out what it costs to ship one to uh, the New York area. That is fun. Good for you. So do you have like a little Etsy shop? Not yet. I I don't have the time to, to do as much as I would like to. Um, and that's a frustrating thing for me because it's my happy place the woodworking is just something that I love so much. And where did that, but come I'm also from? a fair weather, everything. Like if it's cold, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So come spring and summer is when I uh, get a little more active, but I was working on a project last weekend cause it was really nice up in the mountains. And so pulled my little workbench out into the sunshine and, and, uh, got after it, but I, I love it. I love it. And you live in evergreen Colorado now. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. What's your favorite thing about living there? The wildlife. Mm. Yeah. It's so special. Have it, you seen a moose? I have not seen a moose. We have them, but yeah. it's very elusive. I have not. A bear? I know um, you post. We've seen bears. Yeah, okay. Yep, bears, um, mountain lions, um, bobcats, and of course, I get to see elk and deer just about every day. Um, fox. We have really cool fox. We've got black fox. We've got really? red fox. Yes. I've never seen mm-hmm. a black fox. That's yep. cool. Yep. So the wildlife is um, the what I find to be the best, best part of it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, what does the word influential mean to you? I think for me, um, I think if there's anything that I can offer or provide or makes an impact on someone for me personally or vice versa, you know, spending time with Jenny Smith influences me in a positive 
way, your energy, your passion. Um, and so if I do that for anyone, um, if somebody looks at anything that I'm doing and is remotely motivated or inspired, um, then I think that's influential and it can be just the littlest thing. You know, maybe somebody admires you purely for your kindness or purely for your happy, positive attitude. Um, or maybe they're inspired by something bigger because you're a successful, um, you know, real estate agent or whatever it is. I think influential is anything that we positively um, show to others. I love that positively. Mm-hmm. I've never heard the word positive being used with influential, but um, ever since I've known you at Leadership Pueblo, you've been influential. You've been influential since you started there, since I, you know, later got to know you more at Casa and to where you are today. You are an influential woman. You make a difference. You care and you're positive. And I appreciate that about you. I appreciate our friendship. And I'm just grateful you are here today. So cheers to Monica Kruth. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Influential woman. Back at you. Thank you. I appreciate you. (laughs) Anything else you want to add? Uh, this was fun. This was a treat. It was an emotional roller coaster. Oh, it was a good time. <laughs> uh, but if you need a, a wine thing in the ground with a little woodwork, yeah, mm-hmm. Monica's your girl. Yes. And what's the name of your blog? The Broken Country Girl. The Broken Country Girl. Dot com. Take a read at that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, Thank cheers. You. Thank you, everybody, Thank for you. listening, and we'll be back for more. <laughs>